All right, that's right. Time just slipping away. That's the end of the rebroadcast of the Honey Bear Blues. So don't forget to check him out. Uh, man, what's up? I haven't been here in a while. This is the Metal Mark Live Show. Uh, I got a special guest in the house tonight. We're going to talk about the old school Hollywood days in the 80s. Uh, both of us uh, lived the dream out there. I think he had a better dream than me because he's a lot more famous than I became. But anyways, uh, we're gonna we're gonna play uh, the old school uh, classic metal all the way through the night, and we're gonna listen to some of his unreleased and uh, some stuff that he's got for us. So let's check this out. I'm trying a new a new thing here. Let's here we here we go. We should have the Scorpions playing for you here in a, just a second here. All right, here we go. KZSM.org, soon to be LPFM 100.4, 100, 104.1 FM.
All right, there you go with the Scorpions. It's time for some Iron Maiden from the Power Slave.
right, we are back. That was off the Power Slave. I got a little echo going here. So, uh, what's up, bruv? How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How you doing? All right, welcome, welcome to San Marcos Community Radio. Well, hello, San Marcos. Uh, we're talking off the air, and uh, tell us a little about about yourself here before we uh, dive into some music that you bring us. Well, I grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, started off playing. At 14, well, I started before that, but being serious about it at 14, put out my first record by the time I was 17, and uh, was a big part of that whole magical Hollywood rock scene during the 80s. I can still remember the smell of Hollywood. I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's like a dirty diaper smell. Oh, God. <laughs> Vomit and stale beer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I was 16 when I was on the sunset. You know, I, I felt like, like, I couldn't believe how people would live their lives like on the street like that. You know, you know, right down the right around the corner, the Skid Row to look at the people <laughs> living homelessly. And, Absolutely. Know, it's, it's sad. You know. And you think it's Hollywood, so it's going to be glamorous, <laughs> and yeah. it's not. Yeah, the people go to the to the to the stars and walk the the sidewalks and those things are dirty as shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, it Robert is. It is not glamorous. No, it's not. It's not. And there's supposedly uh, stories, rumors about the Hollywood Hills being haunted. Oh, there's there's a studio up there that's supposed to be. Yeah, there's a there's a studio up there. That's supposed to be haunted. In fact, Foo Fighters just made a movie about it. Oh. I think Studio Six Six Six, and it's the it's a Foo Fighters horror movie. Oh wow! I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it's pretty funny. And uh, yes, that is a real studio that is supposed to be haunted. So you did some work with uh, with Quiet Riot. I did about the last formation of the band. Um, Randy, Randy had already gone on to Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Rudy was staying with Ozzy Osbourne. Randy wasn't sure if he wanted to, and he came back for a hot second and uh, went back to Ozzy, and we wound up hiring uh, a co-worker of Randy's guitar teacher named Craig Collins-Turner, who could be argued as better than Randy, but that's apples and oranges. <laughs> And uh, we wound up having to change our name, so we changed it to Network. Huh? Kevin came up with the name Quiet Riot, so he kept it. He became Dubrow. Yeah. After Randy died, he took back the name Quiet Riot again. And that's pretty much how they, uh, when they got their big deal, right, for the mental health. Album. That's mental health, yeah. yeah. That's, that's when they really hit it big. The Quiet Riot with Randy Rhodes, the CBS Sony records, they just, they didn't ever make a mark. Although they were huge yeah, there's that in Southern California. about the Quiet Riot, how they were saying that they're on one side of the sunset and, and the other side is Gazzari's where Van Halen would be playing. And, you know, Van Halen had a, a deal, but they, they couldn't get a deal, you know, a record They deal. couldn't get an American deal. Oh. Okay. CBS Sony was out of Japan. Yeah. And I so any they, record, if you can find it, it's it's an import from Japan. We actually had it on cassette, right, Rob? The the Quiet Riot with Randy Rhodes, I yes, think. Yes, yes. Yeah, I had it for a while. So uh, what do you got for us tonight? Let's hear something you bring us that uh, right. no one has heard. Uh, well, I or, don't know about that. It's certainly not a hit. 
But, uh, I mean, you already started off with The Scorpions, which was produced by Keith Olsen, who produced this song. Cool. It's called Body to Body by uh, Restless. All right, let's hear it. Here it goes.
All right, man. Who? All right, we had to stop that. Yeah, so, that was me. So let uh, tell us a little bit about who was on there and who produced it and all that. All right. Well, that song was from a band called Restless, and uh, all the members, all of them, went on to do something pretty important. Uh, I did more studio and live stuff. Our drummer Danny Lux went on to be probably one of the most successful currently the most successful TV soundtrack guy. He started off with NYPD Blue and uh, Jesus, everything in between. My name is Earl. Uh, he's done, uh, what's it, Grey's Anatomy for however many, what, 15 years that show's been on. Wow. Currently has a manifest. Our singer, Roger Somers, uh, he, he's... Roger Somers was kind of like an autistic savant, a genius, a little bit hard to deal with. He, he went on to engineer, worked with people like Michael Jackson, Don Henley, people of that nature. Our guitar player, Jason Orm, who is one of my favorite people on the planet, has been playing and is currently playing with Alanis Morissette for about 20 years now. And he does little side gigs with Kelly Clarkson and uh, I believe Melissa Etheridge and just whoever hires him when Alanis isn't on tour. Let's see who else. Michael Lord, keyboard player. He went on to play with Tattoo Rodeo. They had a pretty big song and uh, later became nominated for and I believe he won the new songwriter of the year for Billboard magazine. And he is currently doing TV soundtracks. I went on to play with whoever would hire me, and it has afforded me a fairly nice lifestyle. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, back in the back in the day, uh, you know, Hollywood was a trip, and uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't get to see the the good side of Hollywood because of the bad things I was doing. Yeah, it it fell apart. Well, okay. I, I mean, the Hollywood scene, there, it was a, there was a glamorous time where in any club you went into, uh, it could be um, rat playing. It could yeah. be poison playing, Guns N' Roses playing. Yep. In my case, Mask, which all of those bands opened up for. But, I mean, at any given night, you could just go to the Hollywood Strip yeah. and go, well, I don't know, let's go to the Roxy. Yeah. And it's Armored Saint. Or it's rat, or yep. it was a it was a magical time, and it's a shame that it all kind of came to an end. And uh, they're saying even before then, like 1978 and 79, was a great time for rock and roll. Too. Well, sure, you had the Doors, Van Halen, Van Halen, yeah. um, the original Quiet Riot, yeah. and the later version of Quiet Riot as well. Yeah. It, it was it, it was a long run there, and. I mean, all you had to do was walk up and down the street, and you'd have a great time. We used to, uh, like, when we needed a, a musician, like a drummer, we would just, like, get, a, like, almost like a homeless person with a cardboard sign <laughs> holding up, need a drummer. <laughs> and then, you know, people would come up, I'm a drummer. Like, well, do you have a drum set? Not right now. I'm like, <laughs> you're not a drummer, right? <laughs> we, need, we need someone that has a kit right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we used to have to advertise in, uh, I think it was the Recycler magazine. Oh, yeah. The penny and, saver or something yeah, like that. And you'd have to be really explicit <laughs> because 
at that time, you had to have a certain look, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. And uh, so we have to be really explicit. Like, you had to have long hair. You just did. That was all yeah. there was to yep. it. Yep, yep. You know, uh, I think I had like a, a 28 waist back then or something. Yeah. Like that. You know, it's like you could see my ribs, you know, Jeez. starving artist is what it was. <laughs> you know, to do, to, we, we, we would call eating food like another drug to let's go do some food today. You know, it's like, it's not good, you know, to, you know, glorify those days, but right. they, they happened. We, we shot a video of my band mask from that back then. In the last number few years, for some reason, due to the internet, we became popular again, and oh. we hadn't even spoken to each other in 25 years. Oh wow! Not out of any kind of fights or anything. It's just life Time goes on. By, yeah. And uh, we recorded a few songs, uh, which will be the next one I play you. And when we shot the video, the uh, the album cover from the 1985 record. Uh, was just a picture of me, or basically just my chest, really, and this, you know, 80s glam jacket. So the picture was really of the jacket. And uh, so when we shot... Was it a members-only jacket? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> custom, custom designs. All of our clothes were custom-made. <laughs> and uh, so I brought it for the video shoot, just for fun, and... Uh, <clears throat> I hadn't put that jacket on in 25 years. And so while we were in between takes, and we had an audience there, wanted to make it look like we were, you know, a big rock and roll band. And uh, I kind of told the story of the jacket and showed the album cover. And uh, I tried to put it on. I couldn't even get my arm in the sleeve. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm by no means fat, but yeah. I was skinny back then. Well, shoot, look, Kevin Dubrow was, what, 98 pounds soaking wet, maybe? Uh, at best. Randy Rhodes, too, was a little, little framed guy, 90 too. pounds yeah. at best. He was tiny. That's crazy. He was a freaking monster, though. So this next band we got, we're going to hear uh, Mask, right? This is Mask, yes. Also produced by, uh, by Keith Olson. Again, Keith adopted me for 30 years and had me play on just every kind of record doing the little secret recordings when people couldn't keep up. And uh, this new version of Mask, we, we were friends. We were honestly friends. I mean, when I got married, he gave me his 10,000-square-foot house in Tahoe to go up and use as a honeymoon. And uh -huh. if he had to come back into L.A. for, you know, get his star on the Walk of Fame or uh, go to the Grammys or whatever, he'd always stay at my house. We were friends. Yeah. So when this mask stuff started up again without our we had nothing to do with it the internet did we had nothing and keith said well you got any music and i lied and said oh, of course we do you know, he said well let's record some it's like ah, we can't afford you and he's like we're friends it's not going to cost you a dime wow so uh, this one's called rock and roll dog all right let's do it by mask produced by keith olson
right, you're listening to KZSM.org, San Marcos True Community Radio. Checking out the old, uh, we're going to do some old mask now. That was something new about five years ago they recorded. So it still it still has that good uh, 80s sound to it, I was saying. <laughs> oh, we, played, we did some other stuff, too. I mean, we did a kind of a rockin' ballad and literally had a string section in it. Richard Baker, who's the keyboard player for Ozzy and White Snake, he played on it too. It's a it's it's a it's a ballad though. I remember, and that's one of the newer songs. We even did it in Italian. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw White Snake. It was before he got famous with the with the guitar players. He had Vivian Campbell and and uh, um, the guy from um, Vander yeah Van, Vandenberg uh, Vandenberg. Uh, he, it was all keyboards on stage. Oh my God. I had to leave. I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, where's the guitar? Mm. You know, he was just trying to, you know, he, he'd been around for a while, David Coverdale's. Oh, sure. Playing the same songs. Sure. Well, I mean, from Deep Purple, and mm. I believe he played with somebody before that, too. I, I forgot he played with Deep Purple. Yeah, he did that. One of, in my opinion, one of their greatest songs is Burn. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, that's got Glenn Hughes on it, who's one of the greatest singers ever in rock and roll. You know, um, uh, uh, the singer played Jesus Christ Superstar in that movie. Ted Neely. No, it was it was uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Ian Gillen that played Jesus. I think it was Ted Neely. But he sure. was the first singer for Deep Purple for the movie. Okay, the Jesus Christ. And he he had something to do with Deep Purple. I could have swore it was Ian Gillen that played Jesus. Yeah, it's Ted Neely. Oh, okay, <laughs> I've been saying that wrong for many years. <laughs> So let's hear that old mask. This old what year, mask. What year is right. it from? Oh, this is probably 1984, 85. Oh, wow. Still a little kid. S- song called Sweet Revenge. Here we this go. is when we were with our long hair and our crazy ass outfits. <laughs> Here we go.
right, there we go. That's some mask. So um, back in the Hollywood days, uh, people would, would wander the streets trying to get their band uh, some kind of attention. And we would do the, the flyers, you know, but we didn't have money to do the Xerox copy. So we would <laughs> get the different color markers, you know, and, 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 you know, make nice. our flyers. And, but the coolest thing I thought was when the clubs would give us the the buy one get one free you know give this to a girl they said and, and they she could bring in a guy free and that would guarantee to to help pack the house yeah and that's what they wanted that but they really wanted like you're saying like a little ep to hear your band first it helped yeah or of course a printed flyer that had your picture on it and stuff like that yeah. helped too yep. not done with markers my friend yep but i mean <laughs> Other bands were doing it too, so any way we could hustle back then. The streets were littered with flyers. And a lot of them were poison flyers. Oh, yeah, everywhere. Poison (laughs) and warrant, and a lot of them were mask flyers as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, Janie Lane was was the shit back then. Unfortunately, you know, some people get the Well, you want to hear a sad story about him? Yeah. Okay, you know, we already knew he was a mess. Yeah. And uh, we, I'm not going to say we were friends, but we knew each other because we were on the scene at the same time. And I went into, with some friends, down Ventura Boulevard, which we called the, you know, the bar crawl. Went to a place where they had a live karaoke piano bar. And there was Janie Lane. And he kept taking the microphone from people. (laughs) And you could see he was not together. Yeah. And uh, we got to talking, and he remembered me, and he just started buying me and my friend all of our drinks. And he didn't know how to get home. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend was driving. I was like, well, do you know this guy? And I'd say, yeah, I know him. He goes, I just live around the corner. So we drove him home, and he didn't know where he lived. He, he could not tell us where he where he lived. He'd just point at houses and say, Is that, was that your house? Uh, no. <laughs> and, and he started passing out. Oh, God. And my, my buddy was stomping on the brake, trying to wake him up. Hey, buddy, nope, nope, nope. And he just finally, my friend just pulled up in front of a house and said, All right, buddy, you're home. <laughs> what if it wasn't? And I don't think it was. We just pulled up at a random house and he got out of the car and my friend was like, how good of friends are you with the guy? It's like, I don't know him, but I don't want to babysit him either. And we watched him go up, try to put his key in the door. And my friend said, can I leave? I said, yes. (laughs) And and sadly, it was about two weeks later that he passed away. Oh, yeah. He was a mess and he was talented. I saw him on the celebrity rehab, right? And he was bad then. Yeah, and he he shut the cameras down. And sad, told I mean, it was, it was sad. He was he was a, he was a real talent. You know, he could sing. Yeah, that that was a, they had their their flash in the pan warrant did for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I I play a couple of their songs still that well, I like. Um, they've got a great singer with them now, Robert Mason from uh, Black and Blue, right? Uh, no, from Lynch Mob. Okay, I, is, I, or George Lynch or one of those. I saw them. They had the guy from Black and Blue for a while. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, you know what? I saw them with him. Yeah, he was pretty good too. Oh God, what's his name? Yeah, he was from Black and Blue. New Yorker. He was a New uh, Yorker guy. Blonde, curly hair. Yeah. Jamie St. James. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he was. Uh, 
Black and Blue was pretty big on the Sunset Strip as well. They were. They were one of the one of the bigger ones that I would go see. Yeah. Them in um, uh, Rough Cut. Oh, sure. But at first they were called well, something else, I, and then I, I, they made him change their name. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you something, because I know we've been talking about Carlos Cavasso. Um, Carlos still likes to work with, uh, uh, dang it, what's his name, Rough Cut? Um, Paul Shortino. And they've done a few different projects together. It was like Rough Riot. And uh, I believe now, I'm, I think Paul's in it too, but Carlos is playing with Carmine Apiece. Oh. And they're doing uh, King Cobra. Oh, wow. All right, well, we're listening to KZSM.org. We'll be back after these messages. And uh, I'm going to play another song, and we'll be back with Bruff and hear some of his great stories from the day. We'll be right back, folks. Don't you go anywhere. Hey, San Martians, read any good books lately? Read any bad books lately? Any books you'll never forget? Any books you want to fling directly into the trash? Whatever you've been reading or not reading, join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world.
All right. Welcome back, Bruff. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm enjoying this. It's well, fun to tell these old stories. I, I love it. I love it. And, and uh, what, like I said, we're recording this, so this is going to be on my rebroadcast loop, and people are going to hear these stories all over the world. And uh, uh, next up, we'll be in uh, Laredo in a couple of days. We'll be, we'll be broadcasting this show on the Blitz 100.1 FM out of Laredo. And uh, people in Mexico like metal. Yeah. So I wouldn't South be American general. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you start getting some website hits again on yeah. your music. Excellent. So what are we going to hear now? <clears throat> okay. We're going way back. Uh, this is probably about 1979. Oh, shoot. I'm 17 years old. My drummer, there's two brothers. My drummer was 16 and our guitar player was 14. Yeah. And, and Dave Walsh was, uh, just a virtuoso on guitar. This guy could play, seriously, I'm not kidding, he could play eruption note for note. <clears throat> and one day, we're practicing in the garage, and up the street from me, I forget his name, I want to say it was Steve Clark, but he was the drummer of the band Mammoth before Alex Van Halen joined it. And uh, anyway, one day there's a knock on the door, the garage door, and, and we're like, oh, crap, you know, we've pissed our neighbors off again. It's the cops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our, our neighbors were very supportive, but, you know, after a while, they're like, okay, you know, that's enough, guys. Knock on the door. Okay. We open up the door, and it's Steve Clark, and it's Eddie Van Halen. Holy shit. And uh, Eddie Van Halen, or Steve says, okay, check it out. Dave, play Eruption. Dave did. And Eddie said, Wow. That's actually it. That's, I, I hear people say they know it all the time. He says, that's it, note for note. And then Steve says, hey, Dave, play it faster. <laughs> and he did. And uh, we, a few, oh, and we played him some of our original music, too. And um, a few weeks later, get a call from a guy named Bob Worcester, who was in the band Strawberry Alarm Clock. You know, incense and peppermint, strawberry wine. And he wants us to come in and set up in his studio. We played everything we'd ever written live. And then this song that I'm going to play, I had written like two days before. And we learned it. We knew all the music. I hadn't worked on lyrics yet. <clears throat> had an idea of the melody. But, um, I mean... Everything and the bathroom sink is thrown into this song. But the funny part was when we played it in the studio that night playing it live, he wanted me to just sing something, so he had an idea. So for three verses, I sang the same thing over and over, the same words. They mean nothing. And uh, Bob chose six songs. All of our songs were long, very much like Rush-influenced. And... Uh, so we, we, we laid down all the tracks, and then I went in to sing, and I, I now wrote lyrics for it. And uh, so I'm singing the lyrics for it, which were probably silly medieval-type lyrics. And uh, he says, what are you doing? And I say, well, what do you mean? He goes, sing what you sang. And it's like, I made that up. I made that up. Uh, and I said, I didn't say anything. I didn't mean anything. And he said, it's hypnotic, and I want you to do those lyrics. So I did. And 
Here, it was the one and only song that the band Wizard, shout out to Granada Hills, um, it was the one and only song that ever got radio play, even though it was over six minutes. Now, forgive, remember, I'm a 17-year-old, and my balls hadn't dropped yet, <laughs> and I sound like a chipmunk on this, but check out the guitar player. That's the important thing here. This guy, David Walsh. He burns. Here we go. Let's do it.
I can see uh, what you're talking about, about kind of the, the Rush feel to that. But a lot different than Rush, you know. And, man, you guys are young there. That's crazy. Uh, we were kids. That's awesome. Yeah, we were, we were puppies. But we other were... Than, other than, like, back then, Rush and, and stuff, what, what were your, your big influences? Like, you know, being a bass player, you know, who, who did you grow up listening to and saying, I want to be this, I want to do, I want to be that? Well... <clears throat> I wanted to be a bass player, and this is just going back to family. My my father played guitar. He sang folk music, and he yodeled. So at eight years old, he started teaching me just the basic chords, yeah. you know. And um, we went to our the church my family went to was very active, very musical, and they they'd have uh, shows during the night. Um, They'd even record them and put them on LPs. Oh, wow. And, but they'd play modern music. They'd, it was, you know, it was not a church thing. It was, you know, my dad's up there singing John Denver and stuff like that. But uh, at one of these things, there was a duo. It's a bass player and a guitar player. And um, this bass player, he was just funny. I mean, he was funny and he was entertaining. And that's when I went, I want to play bass. <laughs> and my parents said, you can't play that at a at a, a campfire, you know, you can't, and so you have to play that in a band. And it's like, well, that's what I want to do. I want to play in a band. And then uh, shortly after, I heard Billion Dollar Babies when I was in fifth grade. And I was like, holy crap, Al, who's this Alice Cooper guy? Who, who, yeah. is, who is she? She's great. <laughs> and uh, I saw... Only women bleed. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, um, there was some TV show on back then called the Snoop Sisters, and they were, you know, two sisters that investigated murders and stuff. Very silly show. And on one of their shows, Alice Cooper was on it. Oh. And uh, playing Alice Cooper, being investigated for murder. And he's in some club, and they, he sings that song, Sick Things. And he's got a boa constrictor around his neck. I was going to say, did he have a snake on Yeah, and that's what I went, I want to do that. (laughs) And I saved up all my lawn mowing money. And uh, God bless my dad, because he made me work for it. He said he'd match anything I could earn towards buying a bass guitar. And I saved, and I saved, and I saved. And it was a very good lesson, because he says, you know, I'm going to give you, here's your allowance. And you can go with your friends and buy ice cream, or you can save it. And I started, and he gave me other jobs I could do. You know, wash the cars, both cars, and I'll give you five dollars. I started mowing other people's lawns, yeah. and uh, I saved up the money. I saved up three hundred dollars, which you know, as a whatever fourteen-year-old, I think I was. Um, that's a lot of money to be holding on to. Yeah. And we went to our local music store, which back then in the San Fernando Valley was it. It was the place. It was called Action Music. And they had a 1962 Fender Precision bass, and it was $450. And I said, well, Dad, you said you'd, you'd match, e- match me. And he said, I know. So I bought it, and God bless my dad. He said, keep your money. He said, I'm glad to see that you worked hard. To get it, wow. so he bought it for me. So that was my base, and that's uh. But now you needed an amplifier. Uh, I, that's why well, I used my money to buy that. Cool. Yeah, 
So that actually, my dad says, well, you need an amplifier. You can buy that. So I did. Cool. That's what kind I, was it? Oh, Ampeg SVT. Oh, wow. Those are good back then. <laughs> yeah, they still are good. They're just heavy as all hell. My favorite was the, the PV. Yeah. Uh, you know, PV Renown, PV Decade. I had, it was my first guitar amp. Ten watts with distortion, <laughs> right? <laughs> with distortion, that was it. All right, so what do we got? What do you got for us next? Here? Okay, so I decided a long time ago that I wanted to get out of California. It lost its magic for me. Started looking at other places. My best friend lives in San Antonio. I met him in California. Actually, he's turned into be an award-winning audio guy, and he got his start by just hanging out with me and uh, plugging in my bass for me. And I'd say, well, go to the sound booth, hang out. You know, we're done. Go, go do something else. And now he's an Emmy Award-winning sound guy doing mostly, uh, mostly uh, Bellator, uh, mixed martial arts, oh. HBO boxing, uh, the, what's the WWE or WWF wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he produces the Alamo Bowl every year, has for about 20 years. And uh, so I've been coming to San Antonio for years. I mean, Lance and I have been friends for close to 40 years now. And I've visited a number of times. In the last uh, years, I started coming out for like a good week every Thanksgiving. And I just decided I like it here. There was a house across the street from him that I loved looking at. Finally met the owner of the house. He was the singer of the band, local band called Two Tons of Steel, who's they're doing quite well. And uh, so he, he, uh, COVID hit. Everybody got in trouble. I thankfully was in a good place. I owned my home outright. I already wasn't really working much anyway. You know, thankfully didn't need to. And uh, so I bought his house. I moved to Texas, and my friend's wife, Ramona, she opened up a uh, makeup company. Listen up, girls. BuckleBunnyBeauties.com. You'll mm -hmm. love it. And she asked me to write just like a little ditty, something country-ish for, uh, for her webpage. And I, as she texted me, I happened to be just sitting in the Cowboy Palace in California, which is a very, very famous country western bar. In fact, anything you see on TV that's filmed in a country western bar, it's probably the Cowboy Palace. Well, for some reason, the muse hit me. And 20 minutes later, I had all the lyrics done. Uh, I wrote lyrics that they were flirty, but not dirty. And uh, trying to keep it, you know, PG. And uh, the way I write, I usually write melodies and lyrics first. I already know the chord progression, I just do. And I sent her the lyrics, she liked it. I started calling in favors, um, different musicians, and with today's technology, you literally, you can just email your sessions around to everybody. So on this song, I had a drummer named Scotty Cormos, super drummer, living in Nashville, recorded it for me, and, uh, and that's what's so nice about today's technology. I still prefer sitting in the same room with people, but that can't always be done. I moved to Texas. He, he recorded the drums for me. I got a friend, 
in California, Michael Peretz, who played the guitars. I, of course, played the, the bass and sang. And uh, another friend, Michael Lord, also in Los Angeles, has won all kinds of awards, does TV soundtracks. I spoke about him earlier. He put all the keys in the organ. Uh, another friend, Michael Perry, who, who plays the harmonica, I, I sent him it and said, just jam on it. Just, and we'll, we'll cut and paste whatever we need. And uh, so we did all of this, you know, remotely from each other. Once we got everything down, I sent it to Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams is a friend who's produced ELO, Offspring, Stone Temple Pilots, Velvet Revolver. I mean, the guy's a genius. Shoot, ELO alone. Yeah, right. And, uh, and he mixed it. I sent it to my friend where she just thought she was going to get a little ditty for her webpage and she didn't realize she was getting a whole song. So here we go. Mama never told me. It's country rock. Let's do it. Here we go. Where's my buckle bunny beauties at? Because I really would like to know Why a good girl doing bad things Kind of makes me lose control Mother never told me about you Good God have mercy on me Tell me about you. She never told me about you. She never told me about you. 
back here at kzsm.org san marcus true community radio and i got a little bit of news uh, we have just recently got our uh, notice from the fcc today saying that it's our work order we're allowed to go and start broadcasting so um, we uh, called up our tech and we're going to get uh, our frequency dialed in soon and we're going to start doing the test loop and see how far we're reaching in san marcus Texas, uh, it's going to be 100.1 FM, and it is LPFM. It's low-powered radio, so it's not like the 100,000-watt blowtorch of San Antonio 99.5 KISS. It's just for San Marcos, but we still are going to be uh, on the World Wide Web all over the world, so we're not going to ever give that up. Seven and a half years ago, we were fighting uh, with another group here that uh, started this radio station, and they ended up... Uh, in a lawsuit and you know one thing led to another and and everything got put on the back burner uh we already had everything we need here we have a transmitter we have the antenna it's on the roof already uh we had the frequency all we got to do is is tune it tune it on and dial it up and we're ready to go so for seven and a half years i've been itching to to light this candle is what i like to say and uh so san marcus texas get ready for uh lpfm we're here for you, and uh, I, my show, I like to bring in artists like uh, like uh, Bruff here and let them just go ahead and tell their stories and play their music, and that's what it's all about, to, to give them a, a platform. Um, you know, we try not to do uh, the cursing, but I, I'm a full believer of freedom of speech. Uh, Two Live Crew uh, said it best, you know, this is our art form. We're more on stage, and so if you're going to put an advisory on my record, that is my warning to you. So I, I always give a disclaimer, you know, especially if, if someone is, uh, there's cursing in the music. And a lot of heavy metal music, it's hard to not have that. And, you know, myself, when I'm doing interviews, it's, it seems sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll throw the F-bomb out there. But we, we have to really watch our P's and Q's with this uh, FCC stuff because they're, they're no joke, all right? You got to follow their rules, and I don't want to be the one that messes up, you know, the community radio for anybody. So, you know, it's hard It's hard to not find, like, songs that have, you know, the N-word or, or the F-bomb in it. So I don't, I just try kind of stray away from that. But, man, uh, you got some really good stories, dude. Yeah, I, I like I listening. It. I like listening to it. <laughs> Like I said earlier, I was living there at a magical time. It was it was Southern California to me still is like a like an ancient magical place that I never want to go back to. Other, no, me other than the beach, maybe. But even my my nephew still lives out there. He says that it's gross that medical waste washes up on the fucking. Yeah, see, I just said the word washes up Oops. on the beach, and Beep. right where we would surf as kids. You know, it's like right. that's sick. Why do we have to pollute the ocean with, with medical waste, you know? Yeah. I think about that when I'm at the, uh, at the hospital. Like, think about all this stuff that they, you know, these needles and tubes and all these stickers that they put on you. Where is it going? Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a Apparently sad world. in the ocean. Right? So what you got for us next, man? All right. I'm going to go back again. Uh, this is probably late 80s. Cool. Uh, the band mask that i played earlier had just 
you know, we, we went through a problem. We got signed on our, our very first show, sold out our very first show, and then got stuck. What club was that? Uh, we, our first show was at the Troubadour. Oh, that's a big place. Yeah, we sold it out. Great show. All over a flyer, you know, and, of course, I had a reputation. Wasn't that guy like a, a the owner of the Troubadour? Was he like, Doug Weston? Was he like a Greedo guy or something? What was he like? Yeah, Italian? that was that was Bill Gazzari. Oh, the Gazzari's. That's yeah, right. that's right. That was Bill Gazzari. Yeah, I think I actually got to play at Gazzari's once. Yeah. <laughs> that used to be a funky place. <laughs> they had four stages. And I you know, think side by side, and then and another one upstairs, side by side. I think side. sometimes they had all four of them going at one time too. I've, I've well, while a, while one band was setting up, the another yeah. band was playing. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you were on the upper stages, your audience was twenty feet beneath you. Oh God, that was a weird place. They later they got it down to one stage. And, yeah, and I it think was that was an old movie theater or cool something place. like that, or something like that. Yeah, it uh, actually, uh, oddly enough, Gazzari's um, Carlos Cavasso's wife. She somehow uh, was able to patent the name and the logo for Gazaris. And she has a, uh, you know, jewelry t-shirt company with that logo. She also got Bang Your Head. Uh, and, of course, her husband is Carlos Cavasso. Oh, so she, she claimed that? Bang yeah, your head? because the song's called Metal Health. Yeah. So there's no copyright on it. Yeah. So she's got Bang Your Head t-shirts out with Carlos's picture with his V. Wow. And, uh, you know, anyway, that's just a little side story for Gazzari's. But anyway, this one, late 80s, my band mask had, because of we got thrown in record company limbo, we just kind of phased out. We, di- we didn't break up. We just kind of stopped playing and kind of on the whole, well, if the record ever comes out, we'll play again. So I got the opportunity to write a song for a... Uh, it was a movie called Score, and I believe it was a National Lampoon movie. So it was very childish humor about how to get how to get laid. So I wrote this song, and uh, I am literally playing every single instrument on this, all the vocals, everything is me. There's nothing on this you're going to hear that's not me. Wow. So this one's called uh, "Coming Down with Love," uh, called by Bruff Brigham. Here we go. All right. No. 
I, I can hear the the National Lampoons in that, and especially the. Oh, this one's not from National. Oh, that the one next was... one's from National. Okay, all right. Oh no, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I like the scream. I, I like the scream at the end. That was hey, pretty funny. Yeah, that's that's when I could do it. I can't hit those kind of notes anymore. Well, your balls must have dropped dead. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I've, you know I'd like to thank you for coming to San Marcos Community Radio. This is so awesome that you came all the way from San Antonio. I I, I met you at the rec room at the cancer benefit for me and uh yes my buddy sean nation says you need to talk to this guy and bring him on your radio show he has so many interesting stories and man you do you have some great <laughs> great stuff that i could i could sit here for five ten hours covering yeah. your just your career alone you know i got a lot to say so you're thinking about, like you said, uh, you know, after you recover from your surgery, you, you want to try to do something in, in the music scene still? or I'd still like to play. Um, Sean Nations and his bass player, Anthony Ailman, um, Anthony in particular, tries to refer me to groups. And he's, the, he's, the, he's married to the Bat Allison girl. Yes, yeah, yeah. Bat Allison. Yeah. And I'm very, very good. Actually, I'm good friends with all these people. RJ from Bat Allison and his girl. Andrea, they're they're really good friends. We we see each other quite a That's bit. That's the guy, the guitar player, right? Guitar player. He looks yeah. like James Hetfield. He looks exactly like James Hetfield. <laughs> yeah, I always tell him that when I see him. Hey, what's up, James? Yeah. yeah, I've mentioned to him. It's like we should put together a Metallica tribute band. Hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> it's like, if, can you sound like that? Can you sing like that? I'm sure he could play like that. They can play like that for sure. They're doing really good. They got a label. They got a record deal. Yeah, they just played Rocklahoma. They're really good. Yeah, yeah, they're doing good. I've had really them. catchy songs. They're, I know their I, songs are earworms. I, I mean. get stu- they they get stuck in my head big yep. time, and yeah. I, and I'm like, God dang it, this isn't my cup of tea. But they're they're hooking me with these songs. Uh, I, I walk around my house making up lyrics, but to their melodies. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm. Um, I'm sweeping the floor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, they had played it uh, last year at my uh, my metal fest, and they had a different drummer. And the mm. drummer they had, I can't remember his name, but he looks like Clark Kent, but yeah. with big muscles. I don't know. And uh, he's also the drummer for uh, um, Rebel Angels out yeah. of San Antonio. Not familiar with them. I'm I'm still fairly new here. Yeah. I moved here during the pandemic, so you know, for a year of living here, I couldn't do anything. We had like maybe four DJs allowed in here. During that, and yeah. I was one of them. I, I didn't get sick or anything. I had gotten the vaccines, you know, against my will. But you know, I never caught, knock on wood, the, the serious part yeah. of it all. It, it actually turned out that I was one of the first people to actually get it. And at the time, they called it pneumonia, and I had to go to the hospital. I couldn't breathe. I just I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And. Uh, and I'd been, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks just coughing and just could not catch my breath. Yeah. The miracle is that none of my friends got it. And, uh, you know, a few weeks later, there's this, this uh, coronavirus thing. And yeah. I had to go back in and test, and that's exactly what I had. And uh, I survived it. Actually, yeah. actually gave blood a few times towards the cure. And then yeah. I stopped doing that because I, you know, you make an appointment to come in and they still make you sit around for an hour and it's like there's sick people around me i don't want to be in here i see you have uh, a half a sleeve of tattoos did you get those uh any of you any of those mean anything uh, musically to you or, or anything like that or? no but they mean something to me um a friend of mine kirk alley 
um, it's one of the more popular tattoo artists in the world. He, he was my friend in high school. He designed, for my band Wizard, he designed the logo oh, wow. and the album cover. And uh, he went on to be quite a success with music. Uh, and then, you know, music is, it's just so fickle. You can't always make money. And he was always an artist. And he, uh, he started creating tattoos, or drawing them anyway, and selling them. And eventually he decided, well, I should just learn how to do it yeah, and uh, make all the money. And so I ran into him a number of years later. And uh, good work. he uh, um, invited me over to his house and he showed me his little studio. And I, you know, I'd never had a tattoo before. And I pointed out a certain picture. I was going through a divorce. And so we were talking on the phone, you know, kind of like I was down. <laughs> and uh, and um, so I go into his studio, and there's this drawing up there, and it's a, a rose with like a tribal pattern through it, but it's piercing the rose, and the rose is bleeding. Oh. And uh, I, I said to him, it's like, now see, I'd get something like that. And he says, <laughs> and he turned the picture around, and it said drawing for Bruff. He had designed this for me, and off this wall of tattoos, you... I picked it out. How's fate? Yeah. And I said, do it. I said, do it. And uh, so, you know, as he was doing it, I'm looking at other stuff, and there's the, you know, the kanji. And I said, well, what do you think about putting a little kanji over here? And uh, he said, uh, yeah, that'd look good. So I'm looking through them, and I found one, and I, I just laughed at it. And it meant confused. And it's uh. like, oh, that's perfect. And he says, well, as a matter of fact... The rose being pierced by its own thorn is an old folk painting, Japanese folk painting, and it, its name is Confusion. So I picked these two things off random, got them done, and then years later, years later I went back to him and I said, yeah, you know, let's do a whole sleeve, and uh, we only made it halfway through. <laughs> well, it looks cool as shit. Yeah, I, I would love to finish it, but I'm not. I, I don't know. It's his work of art, so I can't. I can't have some tattoo artist out here. Well, we're, we're running it low on time here. We got like 30 minutes left. Uh, you got a couple songs left for us, or what yeah, I've got? got a million songs for you. All right, let's hear another one. What we got here? All right, so this one is uh, was placed in the show uh, Lost, and I had a band called Sandbox that initially started out as a as a cover band and uh, but we did we did stuff other people didn't do we'd play Nine Inch Nails are you talking about Lost the television show yeah okay cool and um, we uh, we were playing 200 plus shows per year you know mostly Vegas some Disneyland stuff like that but but it's probably the most lucrative part of my life as far as live shows because it was just so steady and it was a great deal because when you go into Vegas you're going to play for two weeks but you only set up once you only sound check once and then you play 14 days so you only tear down once and there, you know, you're there you don't have to travel anymore you get to go and see the sights of Vegas which get to be very old after a while yeah you can only see the Hoover Dam once or twice <laughs> right and uh Circus, so circus. we started, you know, 
trying to write songs too. And um, it was a real good group of musicians, real fantastic singer, female singer, um, very beautiful in an alternative way, like not, not threatening, but really gorgeous. And then the, the guys in the band weren't bad looking either. Our guitar player was Dean Kane's brother, Roger Kane, so it looked quite a bit like his brother. So, you know, we got popular with the showgirls in town. <laughs> and so, you know, here's, here's an original from the band Sandbox. All right, let's hear it. Here we go. It's called Out There.
And we are back here at KZSM.org, San Marcos True Community Radio. And I got Bruff here uh, telling stories of the old days. <laughs> uh, so you would consider yourself, I guess, what, a session musician too, right? Oh, I did a lot of session work. Come in and do, uh, you know, tracks with Whitney Houston. And... I did one with Whitney Houston. Wow. Actually, I wrote the song. Wow. Yeah. It's a shame about her career and her life. You know, uh, you know we didn't get to quite... We have the basics down. You got the bass, the drums, the guitar, uh, saxophone solo done by Dave Cause, if you know who he is, huge jazz player. And we got her... I don't know if it was her final track or, or just a scratch track, but it's her singing. Yeah. And, uh, and she went and died. Ah. So it, it never got finished. And, you know, Quincy Jones was going to put all the, you know, the orchestra on it. And yeah. I, honestly, I thought this was going to be the song that this was the one that was going to pay, but it never came out. Oh, Maybe that- one day. Maybe one day you'll get it finished somehow. Or either that or get it to another artist. Yeah, you know? that that would be cool. Another artist that, that kind of like sounds like her. Yeah, or even, yeah. I mean, it, it'd be a great song for a country artist. It's yeah. The lyrics were, uh, when we wrote it, you know, we were going for, well, actually, honestly, we were going for her. Yeah. Um, but it, it's the lyrics, you know, it could either be a love song or a, testimonial to god so any any genre you know it wasn't about either thing it's Mm. just you know it's like love song or if you were religious you might take that content out of it too so we got time for one more what what are you going to play for us all right we're going to go back a ways um this is one of the ones that really got me started in the whole hollywood thing there was a, a lot of people don't know that randy rhodes started off in quiet riot before he went to Ozzy Osbourne. He left for Ozzy. Um, There was a guy named Craig Collins Turner, and uh, they both taught at Randy Rhodes' mother's studio, Musonia. And um, Craig and Randy used to trade off. They used to teach each other. And so some people argue that Craig's better than Randy. I, I think it's apple and oranges. But so we recorded this one and um, now Kevin Dubrow was no longer in the band. He went with Dubrow and then brought, brought back Quiet Riot, but I was not in that version of it. So this is Tony Kelly when I first met him, and Tony later became the singer of Mask. So this one's called Can You Feel It? All right.
All right. Thank you very much, bruh, for coming out here and sharing your stories with San Marcos True Community Radio. It's a terrible thing to be lonely. Oh. That was me. That sounded like... Uh, um, Marilyn Monroe. I was going to say uh, <laughs> Judy Garland. Yeah, no, that was Marilyn Monroe. She, she kicks off a start of a mask song. Oh, well. So, man, um, I appreciate you coming down here. Uh, I, I know you, uh, you got your surgery coming up, and I w- wish the best for you, man. And, uh, you know, anytime you want to come back, you just let me know. You got it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll see you at some other shows in San Antonio. I'm trying to get out more often. That was a pretty cool thing that they did for me in San Antonio that, that really touched my heart, especially when uh, James Rivera said what he said, you know, about my radio show. Yeah. That I give, you know, people a chance. And, and that's what it comes down to, you know. If you look back at uh, the history of DJs, if if the DJs wouldn't have gave, let's say, the Beatles or, or Elvis a chance, you know, we would have never... We would have never heard the King, you know. We would have never heard right. that stuff, and that's what radio needs to do. This they need to come bring this back. They need to bring the local content back in. Yeah, the local parts really what I think is the really cool part. Yeah, San Antonio has such a great local scene they of do. musicians. You know what I like about it too, which is unlike what it was like in Hollywood, is it seems to me that here everybody's very supportive of each other. Yep. And it's really cool because, you know, in the 80s, it's like you had to fight with everybody. And it was like, can't, you know, can't we all of, just get along? There was a lot of jealousy back in the 80s, yeah. I thought. You know, it's yeah. like, I was even jealous of some bands like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. walk out of a show just because you think they suck. But, of course, but, you were intimidated by them. That's why you felt right. that way, you know. I've always had this theory that a, a, a good musician will recognize in another band whatever genre it is they'll be able to pick out what's good about it a bad musician is the one that says oh they suck (laughs) you know yeah it's usually the guy that says oh she's 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 a lesbian yeah yeah, right because you can't get the girl you think oh whatever yeah all right everybody i'm gonna play a couple more songs uh and uh i will talk to you guys in a minute i'm gonna say goodbye here but here we go some more metal for you maybe Oh, wrong one. There we go. Here we go with some uh, Rebel Angels.
All right, heads are going to roll. Thank you, everybody, for listening tonight all around the world. Thank you, New Zealand. Thank you, California. Appreciate your listening in. To, uh, we got one more song. This one's going out to you, uh, New Zealand. Here we go with some Death Leopard. And I will talk to you guys next week. Metal Mark Live. We'll see you guys.
plan on doing this Friday night. Yeah, me either. How about we spend it together? Fridays, 8 to 10, here on KZSM.org. I'll help you relax and let go of the week and, and play you some music, introduce you to some people, uh, new friends, right here at KZSM.org, San Marcos, Texas. Hi there. I have a question for you. Does music make you tap your toes or does music soothe you? Come join me at KZSM.org at the Celtic Corner every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. and see if the music that I play for you soothes you or makes you tap your toes. See you then. Texas River Tonk airs live Fridays from noon to 2 p.m. on KZSM.